Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Did you know that joy is the outgrowth of a thankful heart? Someone that has joy is someone that in their heart is thankful. In their heart, they are filled with gratitude. And because of that, they can show forth joy. Hi, this is Pastor Paul Chapel here on the campus of Lancaster Baptist Church in West Coast Baptist College. We're about ready to go into one of the services here at Lancaster Baptist and open God's infallible word. And I thank you for taking time to grow in your walk with Christ as we enjoy this service together. It's our prayer that today's podcast will meet a need in your life. Let us know how God's working in your life and stay in touch with us at LancasterBaptist.org. Thanks again for joining us today. May God richly bless you. Now let's go to the Word of God. All of us like to hear from our children the words, thank you. I remember years ago, Terry was on the ladies' retreat, and uh, it was one of my opportunities to babysit and try to take care of the children. And uh, so I thought maybe if we would go to a store, it would give us a diversion. And uh, I promised the kids if they were good, we'd buy some candy for them. And uh, we went into the store and bought some ice cream and candy and all the things mom says no to all the time. And I remember driving home in the car, and I remember Matthew uh, coming up and whispering into my ear, Dad, thanks for the candy. And I'll tell you what, it made me feel so good to hear the words, thanks. And in the Bible, God tells us that He too likes to hear the word, thanks. I'm so glad I live in America where our founders recognize the importance of saying thank you to the Heavenly Father. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, the Bible says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. All of us have requests. We all have burdens. And God says, I want to hear those burdens from you. Certainly, we want to hear the burdens from our children and how we can bear them. And God says, I want to hear your burdens. But he says, I also, when you tell me your burdens, want you to throw in some thanksgiving. Sometimes when we're having burdens, it's easy to forget all the good things that God has done for us. And that's why tonight is so special. Because when we come to the house of God, we come here, yes, with burdens, but we come here to focus on the God who has blessed us so much. And certainly He has. Throughout the Word of God, He has blessed us and has called us to give Him thanks. Psalm 95 and verse 2 says, Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him, noise unto Him with psalms. Tonight I'd like to speak to you about the will of God in thanksgiving. Sometimes people ask me about God's will and uh, they want to know perhaps about a business decision or Uh, maybe a young person with dating or something of this nature. And we certainly cannot say exactly what God's will is for everyone's life, except in a few areas. You know, it's God's will that everyone would be saved. He's not willing that anybody should perish, but that everyone would come to repentance. And it's God's will that everyone would give thanks. This is the will of God for our lives. 
And you know, when we follow God's admonition to give thanks, amazingly, it changes the kind of person that we are. If you ever get around someone that only focuses on their trial or their burden, it often will change them. It will change their demeanor and their temperament. And I believe one of the reasons God wants us, even in the tough times, to give thanks is so that we keep the right spirit, so that we'll be the right kind of a person. If we don't remember to give thanks, and if we only focus on the burdens, then we'll not be able to bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to think about the will of God for your life tonight. I want you to think, first of all, about the attitude of thankful people. The attitude of thankful people. I've noticed that thankful people are joyful people. People who've learned to be thankful for the small things. Notice what it says there in verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Did you know that joy is the outgrowth of a thankful heart? Someone that has joy is someone that in their heart is thankful. In their heart, they are filled with gratitude. And because of that, they can show forth joy. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 11, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of his saints, but it is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Paul said that he was able to give thanks because of the bountifulness of God's people. He said many others were able to give thanks because of the bountifulness of God's people. And when we have that thankful attitude, it affects our temperament. I believe if we would meet the Apostle Paul, despite all the stonings and persecutions and, and uh, snake bitings and every other kind of a thing that could ever happen to a Christian man, I believe we would be attracted to him. I believe we would want to hear what he had to say. I believe he'd be the kind of fellow you'd like to just hang around with and talk to because he had a joyful heart. The songwriter said, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings. Name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. You know, sometimes when you have challenges in your life, that would be the most important time to count your blessings. That would be the time when it really mattered and when it was really helpful. And sometimes we forget, even in those hours, to just thank God for all the other good things He's doing. I heard about a lady who was picking through the frozen turkeys at the grocery store, and she couldn't find one quite big enough for her family. And she was not the most joyful person. And she went up to the stock boy and kind of angrily said, do these turkeys get any bigger? The young man said, no ma'am, they're dead. <laughs> and sometimes you get around people that you just can't please them. It doesn't matter what you say, it doesn't matter how many hours of counseling you invest, how many verses you read or write to them. It just seems like they just can't quite uh, come out of that. And oftentimes at the root is that there is not a thankful spirit. But when there is a thankful spirit, then there's still a joy in one's life. Uh, I want you to see not only uh, will a person who is thankful 
be joyful in their attitude. But I want you to notice, secondly, they will be serving in their spirit. Notice verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Let's say that together. Serve the Lord with gladness. I find that unthankful people often quit. They just quit. They're not thankful for their husband. They're not thankful for their wife. And soon it leads them just to throw in the towel. People get unthankful for America. And, uh, and you watch how many people, if our economy stays bad, would love a one-world uh, one monetary system. Uh, unthankful for America. Many times people just get unthankful and they quit. But you know, a thankful person is a serving person. They keep their hand to the plow. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, the love of Christ constraineth me. I like that verse, don't you? Why do you keep going, Apostle Paul? Well, whenever I think about the love of Christ, just something wells up in me. And I think that was thankfulness. And it just constrained him to keep on going on. And he thought about how much the Lord suffered on the cross. And he just kept keeping on for the Lord. Sunday night after church, I called our son, Larry, and I said, how you doing? And he said, uh, he said, Dad, I'm having a lot of pain. I'm having a fever. And we called the, the uh, hospital and, and they said, well, you need, to, you need to get him right back. And we tried to get him home, maybe a little too early. And so we went to the, uh, went to the emergency room and uh, they gave him some medicine. And as we were there, he was in quite a bit of pain. His uh, pain medicine wasn't helping him. And there came in first a nurse. Actually, it was a male nurse, Filipino man named Richard. And, uh, and Richard was so kind. And he, uh, my son wasn't looking forward to that IV. And, and he kind of closed his eyes and and then when he was done, he said, boy, it didn't, that one didn't hurt like some of the other ones. And Richard kind of joked with him. He was kind to him. He brought the medicine right away. He, uh, he was kind to me. And he came in several times just saying, can I help you? The doctor came and he was patient. And he looked me in the eye and he spoke to me about my son. And he was patient with my son. And they had a, a spirit. I think you may have noticed that, that in the medical field, it's one thing to have knowledge, but it's another thing to have that spirit. And it seemed like the Lord said to me, that's how I want you to serve people. It seemed like the Lord said to me, there's so many hurting, worried people in this world who need a Christian to serve them, who need someone to bear their burden and to love them. Maybe during this week, the Lord will use some grateful Christians from Lancaster Baptist Church just to help somebody else in their time of need. Serve the Lord. It's a privilege to serve the Lord. And when we think about the love of Christ, how it helps us to serve in the way that we should. I like the story of Corey Ten Boom. She was living in a German concentration camp. Some of you perhaps know the story. While she was there, her entire body became infested with uh, lice and various insects. Mostly lice would just burrow into her skin. 
and it was miserable. And she uh, one day was uh, complaining about it, and her sister reminded her. Her sister said, Corey, the Bible says in everything give thanks. And how many of you uh, have maybe a sister or brother that just preaches to you at the wrong time like that, you know? And her sister said, in everything give thanks. And she challenged Corey. And Corey said to her, how can I give thanks for lice? How do you give thanks for lice? And uh, her sister continued to challenge her. And so Corey said, I, I decided that I would give thanks for lice. And every day when she made her prayers, she gave thanks for the lice. Later, as her prison time was dwindling down and the war was coming to an end, she found that one of the reasons that she was one of the few women not assaulted in that prison camp was because she was infested with lice. I wonder what God may have for your life or mine that we don't know about right now. I can tell you that if we'll keep a gratitude attitude and keep doing His will, we'll understand it better by and by. The psalmist said in Psalm 84 and verse 10, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Let me encourage you, friend. Don't ever complain about serving God. Don't ever get to thinking it's too much to come to church or teach a class or witness because it's a privilege to serve God. And the root of that understanding is thanksgiving. Notice thirdly that the attitude of a joyful person is an attitude, uh, a thankful person is an attitude of joy. It's an attitude of service. And then notice in verse 2 what else it says. It says, come before his presence with singing. You know, when you have something to be grateful about, you've got a song to sing. Now, you may not be able to sing very well, and you may not be able to carry notes as well as others, but I'll be honest with you, I'd rather be around somebody who cannot carry a note, but just from their heart, they're happy, and they're thankful. And uh, I remember when I met Dr. Sisk years ago, I believe it was about 1990 maybe, and I sat down on the back row of a preacher's meeting, and normally I don't sit on the back row of preacher's meetings, I don't, normally I sit on the front, but... This meeting I went to and I, I preached and it just didn't have a good spirit. It just wasn't, a, just wasn't resonating with my spirit and a lot of, lot of uh, kind of wrangling or something. And so I respectfully, uh, after I preached, sat towards the back and Dr. Sis came in and he wasn't like some of the others there who were just kind of had a burr under their saddle all the time. Brother Sis just came in. He looked exactly then like he looks right now. <laughs> Amazes me that white hair, and he sat down next to me, and the fellow was already preaching up there, and Brother Sisk didn't really care about that. I've been with Brother Sisk on a golf course when you're not supposed to talk. You're supposed to be very quiet, and he'll just talk and talk. <laughs> he just, when he's ready to talk, he talks. Uh, I took him years ago to a professional golf, uh, to watch golf at uh, the Bob Hope Classic, and you are not supposed to talk out there. They have people with signs, don't talk. They will look as mean as they can towards you if you look like you want to talk. And uh, Brother Sisk, that did not bother him at all. And uh, we went up, we were watching Freddie Couples. He wanted to watch Freddie Couples. And I like Freddie, let's watch Freddie. And, and as soon as we saw him, Brother Sisk just started carrying a conversation with him. 
And Freddie was up there like this, ready to, ready to go. And Brother Sis said, hit a good one, Freddie. And everybody looked at Brother Sis, and I just looked like I didn't know who he was. That's how Brother Sis is, just friendly like that. And he sat down next to me and said, hi, my name's Don Sisk, right during the preaching. I don't recommend you do that right now while I'm preaching. That's how he, I'm Don Sisk. And I'd heard of Brother Sisk, I'd never met him. And I said, pleasure to meet you. And he said, here, let me give you my book. And he took it out and he started just signing his book for me. I didn't ask him, he just started signing it. And, uh, and he said, here's my book. And the title of it was The Joy of Giving. And to be honest with you, some of the sermons that I preached here in the early 90s were really just some of his sermons, I think. Not exactly, but some of the ideas I learned from that book. And, uh, but you know, the thing about Brother Sisk, uh, I think there's a direct correlation, the fact that he's always happy and praising, it's directly related to the fact he's always giving. And you've heard him say many times, he's given uh, more than 50% of his income for years and things. He doesn't say that to brag, it's just to the glory of God. But the point is that there's something connected to that thankful, giving heart and that praising, joyful spirit. And I really think that, for example, Saturday, so many people uh, took uh, Thanksgiving baskets. Uh, a couple hundred of our church families took baskets to other families. And you know what? I know that everyone that did that on Saturday night just probably had a little better feeling when they went to bed. There's something about uh, giving thanks and giving that brings praise. Psalm 7 and verse 17, I will praise the Lord according to His righteousness. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. The songwriter said, Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy ever ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. I'm just saying the attitude of a thankful person is different. And when you get around these, these thankful people, you're going to find they're joyful, they're helpful, uh, they've got a good word, because they haven't been focusing all day long on everything that's wrong. They've spent some time focusing on some things that are right. They've had their time with God in prayer. They've had their time in the Word of God. And while they may have some heavy burdens, they haven't let that burden change who they are in Christ. And there's just a different attitude with them. Notice, secondly, tonight, the acknowledgement of thankful people. The acknowledgement. There's some things that thankful people are aware of. And I want you to see that in verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Now, that's just a simple statement, but it really helps me. I want you to say it with me. Ready, begin. Know ye that the Lord, one more time, know ye that the Lord, He is. Now, you say, well, why does God have to tell us that like that? Because sometimes we can forget the simplest of things. The Lord is God. And all of the attributes come to our mind. His omnipresence, His omniscience, all of the attributes of our God, His grace, His love, His mercy. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Now, the acknowledgement of a thankful person is first that they will trust in His sovereignty. They will trust in the sovereignty of God. They know that He is God. Knowing that He is God is the glue, really, that holds us together. 
knowing that he is God, brings us to intelligent worship. You see, the superstitious worshiper hopes that they might find God by walking on glass, walking in fire, cutting themselves. They hope to appease their gods. And they hope that their God will show up. And, and they're, they're living in the fear that their God might not help them. But a thankful person lives with the understanding that God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Jeremiah 9, 23. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. God understands and God knows me and God knows you. He knows us because he created us. Someone said to a group of men, men, there are two things you need to know when it comes to communicating with your wife. No one knows what they are, but there are two things that you do need to know. <laughs> now, the fact of the matter is that sometimes we just don't know what we need to know about human relationships. But the great thing is this, God knows. And when we have those things in our lives that we don't understand, we just need to remember this verse. Know this, God says. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. I had some uh, encouraging phone calls today and, and uh, I wasn't able to answer the vast majority of them. A lot of them were voicemails and uh, from pastors and church members and, and uh, our, uh, our state senator called today. His wife's been having some health problems as well. We've been praying for one another. Brother Tim Rule called. And those of you that have been in men's camp out, you know Brother Rule. He's just rough and ready. I mean, he just acts like he wants to fight the devil when he's up there preaching. You know what I mean? Just, just come on, devil. He kind of reminds me of Billy Sunday in that way. Brother Rule called, and I could tell. I could tell when he called he'd been praying for me. I think he may have been weeping when he talked on the phone. And he said something that just struck me. He said, Brother Chapel, he said, there's a lot of things about God that I don't understand. By the way, you don't always have an honest preacher who'll say that. But he just was saying, I, there's a lot of things about God that I don't understand. But then just as quickly as he said that, he said this, but I always trust him. That really helped me. There's just some things that we may not un understand, but we can always trust Him. We can always know that the Lord is God and He's trustworthy. And how we thank God for His sovereignty. He knows the beginning from the end. And then we not only trust in His sovereignty, but thankful people acknowledge Him as the Creator. Look at verse 3 again. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. He is Creator God. And He is the only one who has power to sustain. Power to create, power to sustain. I love the way it's written in Colossians 1.16. For by Him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, 
whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And then look at verse 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Wow. I said to our staff today in our Thanksgiving prayer time, I said, what do people without the Lord do? Because it's by him that everything consists. Everything holds together by our God. And he's our creator God. He's our sustainer God. He's our that a thankful person not only acknowledges the sovereignty of God, the creative power of God, but he acknowledges, thirdly, that we are the people of God. And he remembers that. Verse 3, Know ye that the Lord, He is God, it is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people. How many of you thank God for that tonight? We've been adopted. We've been redeemed. We've been sanctified. We've been set apart. We have been purchased. Uh, we have been given a home in heaven. Uh, we are accepted in the beloved. I mean, you can go on and on and on with all the different words that God has given just to say, you're mine. You're the apple of my eye. Now, sometimes the devil wants us to wonder about that. And he wants us to question the love of God. But I want to tell you something tonight, that God loves us more than we could ever possibly comprehend. And God wants us to remember that we are His people. We are His people. I had a friend that called me today uh, from New Jersey, Dr. Andrew Back. And uh, Dr. Back is uh, a, a man, in fact, he was going to be here at Missions Conference and couldn't come because his son is uh, battling also some health problems. And he said something to me on the phone. He said, he said, uh, Pastor Chapel, he said, helping my son through his battle with cancer has helped me to realize how much God loves us. He said, it's helped me to realize the love of God. You see, someone without the Lord might question the love of God, but what he was seeing in the power of the Holy Spirit was, if I love my son this much, how much does God love me? And, and I'm so thankful tonight for this fact that just these little phrases tonight, we are His people. Boy, I'm glad tonight that I'm His. I'm glad that, that I'm a child of the King. I'm so thankful for that. And we need to remember that at all times, that we are His children. Colossians 1 and verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins. Uh, the attitude of thankful people is quite different. They're joyous, they're serving, they're not focusing on their hurts, they're focusing on God's will for their life. The acknowledgement of thankful people is simply to acknowledge that God is sovereign, God is God, and through all the seasons of life, I must acknowledge Him and remember His love. And then thirdly, I want you to see the action of a thankful people. And notice the action in verse 4. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving 
and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. I remember being at uh, Dr. Greg Baker's funeral. Brother Baker was greatly used of God. His daughter's here somewhere perhaps tonight in this room. And I saw the grace of God there in such a wonderful way. I remember when Mrs. Baker stood up. You keep praying for her as she goes through these holidays now. But she stood and read a poem or a song simply entitled, I Will Praise You in the Storm. And I think of those kinds of moments. I think of Pastor and Mrs. Wilkerson singing at their son's funeral. And I... I see that these people who have a genuine walk with God where daily they're praying something like we've learned, adoration, confession, what's the third one? Thanksgiving. People that have that in the mix, people that have Thanksgiving in in the mix of their composition, these are people who are able uh, to stand and and to continue on. And their actions show us uh, that they're able to enter into the gates with thanksgiving, into the courts with praise. And they're able, verse 5, to say, the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting. And it's not to say that they don't contemplate their trial, but it's just to say that when you put a little sugar in the mix, it changes everything. My wife's a fantastic cook. I mean, she's, she's the best of the best, really. And uh, she won't be able to cook uh, this Thanksgiving because she's got her arm bummed up right now. And so uh, we may just go on strike as a family. I'm not sure what we're going to do about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for years I've just been the beneficiary of this great cooking. And, but the, now that our daughters are married, they always ask their mother how she makes stuff. Because our son-in-laws are at least smart enough to ask Ask your mom how she makes that, because it's good. <laughs> and I just found out recently the reason that I love her corn so much, because she puts sugar in it. Now, that's genius. <laughs> I mean, that is an amazing, amazing concept, that she would put some sugar in that corn, and so then you're, you're really not having vegetables, you're having candy corn. And it really does make a difference. Just mixes it in there and, and uh, you just can't, you cannot have enough of that corn. I'm telling you, it's great. Sometimes I'll take a mashed potato and cut it in half, open it open. Forget the butter or anything else. Just fork it down a little bit. Get it all over the plate. Sometimes I'll get a, a potato the size of that plate. Then I'll just put corn on it. And it's just great. It's fantastic. I think you could put that corn in Raisin Bran and it would taste good. (laughs) But you know, that's what thankfulness does to someone. Thankfulness. I bet you with a little thankfulness you could even like broccoli. It changes a person. And when you have this foundational heart that says God is good, It helps you to go through so many things. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 
I like the story of Matthew Henry, and I've told it a few times. If you plan to be a member here for any years to come, and I hope you do, you'll hear some stories more than once. And if you're smart, you'll act interested every single time. <laughs> but there's some good things worth repeating sometimes. And uh, Matthew Henry uh, was an old-time preacher. Many of you may have his commentary in your library, the Matthew Henry commentary. And Matthew Henry one day was kicked off of his horse and robbed and, and uh, mistreated by some, some vandals. And he wrote in his journal that night these words, Let me be thankful. Let me be thankful I was never robbed before. They took my wallet, not my life. They took my all, but it wasn't much. I was robbed, and I wasn't robbing. You see, God used a man who had learned to be thankful to him. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And then notice what it says there secondly in verse 4, be thankful unto him. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. What would happen if every Christian lived like a Christian? What would happen in America if every Christian was thankful? 2 Corinthians 2.14, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Paul, Paul said uh, to, for him, uh, to die would be gain. To live as Christ, but to die is gain. In other words, he was going to win either way. And tonight, as we consider this concept of thankfulness, we are always triumphing in Christ. And we need to always live with that in mind. Be thankful unto Him. One lady said, even though I clutch my blankets and groan when the alarm rings each morning, thank you, Lord, that I can hear. There are those who are deaf. And even though I keep my eyes tightly closed against the morning light, as long as possible, thank you, Lord, that I can see. There are those that are blind. And even though I huddle in my bed and put off the physical effort of rising, thank you, Lord, that... I have the strength to rise. There are many who are bedfast. And even though the first hour of my day is difficult, when socks are lost, toast is burned, tempers are short, thank you, Lord, for my family. There are many who are lonely. And even though our table never looks like the pictures in the magazines and the menu is at times very imbalanced, thank you, Lord, for the food we have, for there are many who are hungry. And even though the routine of my job is monotonous, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to work, for there are many who have no work. Thank you, Lord. And I truly believe tonight all of us could say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving my soul. Verse 5, for the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. I don't know how to tell you the will of God in every single area, but I can tell you tonight, my friends, it's always God's will, even when you're bombarding heaven with your prayer requests, that you give thanks in the middle of it all and that you praise Him in the storm. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. I hope that your heart was drawn closer to God as a result of our time together today. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Lancaster Baptist Church, let me encourage you to visit LancasterBaptist.org. You'll see a tremendous amount of material there that will help you in your Christian life. 
And then if you'd like resources to help you on a daily basis, visit strivingtogether.com. There you'll find our newest resource, A Daily Word, 366 devotions, one a day, just to help you begin every morning with God. That's at strivingtogether.com. We'll look forward to seeing you next time on the podcast from Lancaster Baptist Church.